Hi, I'm Mo Crum. And I'm Harrison Crum. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon, or half marathon, or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. On today's episode, on this very special day, we'll give a recap of Harrison's first marathon and talk about what he did right and what he did wrong. Welcome to episode six of the Crummy Marathoners podcast. Bienvenidos. Well done, Mo. (laughs) My mom would be so proud of me for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) What a crazy week, to put it simply. Yeah. In many ways, crazy week. Starting off, everybody's talking about coronavirus. Yes, but let it be known, we have been talking about the coronavirus (laughs) since we started. one. And six like, weeks later, here we are still talking about it. Yep. And we're glad. If you guys remember from, I think it was last episode or two episodes ago, we talked about going to Costco and getting double toilet paper, double diapers, mm-hmm. double everything. And I had friends, family that were kind of making fun of us. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But look who's talking now. Oh, yeah. Whose <laughs> house are you going to run to? <laughs> yeah. And um, we also this week went out and bought tons of additional food. I mean, we spent way too much money on food, in my opinion, but ultimately we'll eat it all. Well, I think too much money from what we normally spend. But if we're what our goal is, is to utilize everything that we spent over the course of the next month and a half. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, if we truly are quarantined at some point. It's yeah. going to come in handy. Yeah. Um, Which I think is smart. I think, I don't think it's a dumb decision. No, not at all. To prepare. Yeah. You want to be, it's the old saying, better safe than sorry. Yeah. Prepare, not panic. That's my whole thing. Right. Right. I just don't want to not have food and then go to the grocery store and not have an option to buy, you know. Right. We did buy a 50 pound bag of rice. Shout out to Scott. <laughs> Our buddy called us and said, Hey, I'm going to Restaurant Depot. Do you want some rice? Which was perfect because I went to Target the night before mm-hmm. and it was like a, for $5. It was like a pound of, of rice. I mean, it was crazy. So we got a smoking deal. Yeah. It's actually, yeah, it's crazy. If you ever need rice, for doomsday preparation, go to Restaurant Depot. What was it? Or hit up the Crummy Marathoners because honestly, it'll take us 10 years before it will, we eat all It will. We, we really don't eat that much rice. We mainly eat like quinoa or cauliflower rice. Well, I will say though with rice, tying this back into the marathon training, it's a really good food for me, especially leading up to the marathon. Yeah, yeah. Because it kind of, I don't want to sound grotesque here, but it kind of stops me up. Like it, yeah. it really uh, slows it's a good things carb. down. It's down. a good carb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so, all right. The other thing about this week is Calvin has been just our poor buddy. Oh, he, at the beginning of this week, he just wasn't himself. If you know our son, you know, he is like a bundle of sunshine and happiness and 
99.9% oh. of the time he's laughing, yes. smiling, but um, when he does cry, it's because he's either in pain right. or he's really tired. Yeah, that's literally it. I mean, he's just so happy and we noticed the complete change in his demeanor. Come to find out that, you know, I thought, oh, maybe it's teething. Well, I ended up, he couldn't break his fever, took him to the doctor. He had an upper respiratory infection which then turned into a double ear infection, which then turned into him at the same time cutting his first two bottom teeth. He is All at the same time. Yeah, this poor buddy, man. He has literally been struggling with a fever and drooling and mucus and Not all of it. I feel yep. so bad for him. In the last two nights, he's been just every half hour or hour and coughing. screaming. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, coughing, and that'll keep him awake. Yeah. It's not the coronavirus everybody. No. I was, I was panicking. Not good. That, that was where my panic came in. Cause I thought, does he have the coronavirus? Cause he had the cough and he had the fever. Yeah. Um, and everything else he couldn't tell me if he had chills or aches and pains, but I mean, he looked like he was, but yeah, but we've taken him to not. the doctor doctor twice since then. Yeah. I tried to avoid it, but I'm glad we ended up taking him in because yeah. Poor bud. It's He's struggling. Tough. Yeah. So would you say that's affected your week at all? Oh, absolutely. I feel I'm just as motivated as I was before, but I definitely was knocked down a couple of times the past few weeks because everything that's been going on with me being sick and then Calvin being sick and was Leah sick in there? I don't remember. I don't know. But that's the reality of marathon training, especially for your first half marathon or marathon. You're not used to this schedule. Yeah. And so to go from zero to having the expectation of working out or running every single day, it's a lot. And when things come up, it's it's not as easy as just figuring out a way sometimes to get it done. Like sometimes you literally have to skip your workout or your mar- or your training that day. So, yeah, you know, no judgments on my end here. Our listeners, I'm sure, aren't judging you either, Mo, but it has been a really difficult few weeks for you. And, and health has played a factor, like you said, yeah. of both you and our kids. And then just that adjustment of me starting that new job. Yeah. But I will say, no matter what, I am still just as motivated, if not more, to, to keep running. Because going back to what we talked about, I don't know, I think it was the first or second episode. I just feel so good after I run. And I feel... I feel good physically, but also mentally it's really helped. And so like this week I was able to do a three mile run. That was awesome. And with what? With the kids in the <laughs> jogging stroller. It was so fun. It was, we, we've been just trapped in the house, um, you know, with Calvin being sick. And so finally, and then it was spring break too. So Leah didn't have her activity. So we literally were just trying to like make do with what we had at the house and in our yard. Yeah. So I was like, you know what, let's just get out. And so I put him in the jogging stroller and we did it. It was hard though. That thing is. It's pretty heavy when you've got two kids in there. Yeah. And I thought it would be easy to just, you know, oh, if I'm tired, I can just like bend over, but you can't really do that. Right. Because you have to push. And at the same time, like I was trying to make sure that they don't go off. (laughs) Yeah. Off a curb and flip over. But it was fun. It was a beautiful run. And I'm proud I at least got that in. Yeah. And if you can push the kids for three miles, even though it was a slower pace than usual, imagine how much lighter you're going to feel when you don't have the kids in the stroller. Yeah. Oh, but I will say I've seen some of those marathoners who push people. Like either... 
there was a lady who recently pushed, I don't know her name. I don't know the source, but she pushed like three kids. I think it was a total of She's my 150 hero. or 200 pounds. She's my hero. For 26 miles. And I think she did it in like three hours or something oh, crazy. Okay. She's. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know. I think running's really opened my mind up to how anything is really possible if you put your mind to it. Because physically, you can do things like as long as you put in the hard work and the effort, you can do the things that are seemingly hard, you know? Oh, I got to tell you, I was on my run today and it gets me like almost emotional thinking about this, but there's this this big, like I see a lot of people running when, when I run in the mornings in, mm-hmm. in our neighborhood and there's this big guy running. I'm talking like he had to have been at least 300 pounds. Wow. And I was so touched and so proud of him. I have, I've never met the oh, guy, sweetheart. but I just got to say like, just seeing him out there running, I'm more proud of that guy than, you know, the Elliot Kipchoge who can finish in under two hours. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's such a inspiration to me when I see people like that. Oh yeah. Whether they've not put their health first in the past or they've just always struggled with various things. It doesn't matter to me. Like just seeing somebody out there running just really motivates me and inspires me and touches me in, in so many ways. Oh yes. Did you say motivates you? I did. Is it time for another motivation minute? It is. It's time for your Motivation Minute. If you're trying to achieve, there will be roadblocks. I've had them. Everybody has had them. But obstacles don't have to stop you. If you run into a wall, don't turn around and give up. Figure out how to climb it, go through it, or work around it. This has been brought to you by Michael Jordan. Boom. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, I hope you guys enjoyed our little segment. The Motivation Minute. (laughs) I find a lot of joy at providing some motivation. (laughs) Likewise. Um, 
I think one more thing I wanted to add was I tried breathing while I was running. Yeah. The, the topic of last yes. week. Yes. So, so if I you haven't tried. heard it, go back and listen. Mm-hmm. It's a lot harder than I thought it would be. Like breathing in and extending your stomach and then exhaling. Yeah. It takes a lot of coordination. It does. And I realized that I thought I was a good multitasker, but I think it's something I need to work on is because I, I couldn't focus on that and push the kids. It was weird. It was so weird. I was trying to so hard and I, I would, I would do it for like maybe, I don't know, a minute. And then this, it would just go back and forth. But anyway, but it did help in the minute I did do it. Yeah. The minutes I did do it. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's been working for me really well too. And this week was another great week for me. I know last week I talked about my foot pain and surprisingly it's, it's still there lingering, but it's not as bad as it was last week, which is odd. I mean, you'd think with the injury like that, it would get worse over time, but I think Mm -hmm. just trying to stay off it when I'm not running and then stretching it, massaging it, that kind of thing. Haven't been doing a lot of icing, but um, I was able to do 48 miles this week, which is the most I've ever done. 48. It's amazing. And uh, today was a 14 miler Mm. the day before. So Friday was an eight miler and the day before was a seven miler. And so like this training plan is no joke. It's there's no taking a break unless it's Sunday. So really excited about that. Okay. Harrison's over here doing 48 miles. and I'm like, I barely did three. (laughs) <laughs> and it was so hard. I think you're going to surprise yourself really soon, Mo. It's going to click. And I hope people listening to us who are in our same situation, whether they're training to run a full or a half, they can identify with one of us, mm-hmm. you know, and find inspiration in that it's never going to go as planned. Right. But as long as you put your mind to it, you know, you can achieve the seemingly impossible. In no means am I saying that it's not possible for me to follow the, my plan. I totally believe it is, but. There's a wall right in front of you, Mo. Yes. And what you don't want to do is hit it and turn around. You want to find a way to. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I am saying that I'm motivated. I know. Oh, okay. Anyway, well. I thought it would be a good opportunity for us to finally talk about something that happened last year. It was not last year. Oh, it was in January. (laughs) It feels like last year. My head. Yeah. Um, Anyway, well, I just also thought it would be good because with the panic and the chaos right now, I feel like in the world, you don't really see too many positive good news stories. So I thought it would be really good if we could share your marathon recap. Sure. I I would love to. And the other reason that I think it would be a good idea to do that is because today is my mom's Mm -hmm. birthday. She would have been 56 if she hadn't passed away. So um, I remember like it was yesterday, her coming over to our house last year, this exact day. Mm -hmm. Um, We had that red velvet, nothing bunt cake. Mm-hmm. And I still have that picture of her and it's just, mm-hmm. anyways, um, it's been a kind of a hard day, but also a, a happy day, bittersweet. And so I want to talk about my marathon because I ran it in her honor. In fact, mm-hmm. at the rock and roll marathon, you get to choose a, a saying to go on your bib or like kind of a one line phrase. 
And it's so funny because when I signed up for the marathon, I had it say run for Roxy, but it was R-U-N, the number four, and then Roxy. Mm -hmm. But I spelt Roxy R-O-C-K-Z-E-E because she used to have a license plate that was spelled that way. (laughs) What was funny is um, when I got my bib, it was months later because I had signed up way back, like shortly after she passed away. And then the race wasn't until it was just in in January on the 19th. And so I got my bib and I looked at it and I, I, I thought it read run for rocks. And I was like, Oh, maybe that's cause it's a rock and roll marathon. (laughs) I thought, I thought maybe that's, well, that's what I thought too. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I completely forgot completely that I had written that and it was run for Roxy. I mean, I was still planning on running in her honor, but I just forgot that little piece of it. And it wasn't until after I finished that I was like, Oh yeah. Well, because people, people had pointed out, Hey, I really loved your, your bib. bib. Who was it? Bryce who even, I think so. Yeah, Yeah. I think his brother Bryce was like run for Roxy. Yeah. So I ran the rock and roll marathon. It's, I think it's been going on a long time here and it's a really fun race because they get local bands to show up and they set them up at like every mile marker or something along those lines, maybe every other mile marker. And so you've got live music and there's tons of spectators. It's a really well organized uh, race. In fact, the one that we're doing that we're preparing for right now is San Diego. If it's not canceled. If it's not canceled due to the coronavirus. <laughs> and that's um, May 31st. But so the day before the race, typically there's uh, a convention and you go. So in my case, I, I went to the <clears throat> convention center in downtown Phoenix and picked up my race packet. Mm-hmm. So a race packet for anyone who doesn't know is basically it's just, you go in, you, you sign your name and it's got your bib in there. Your bib has your number and it tells you what corral you need to be in. What's so, a corral? So a corral, if you think about like horses, you know, yeah, that's nice. yeah. it kind of is the same thing, but they're not in this case, in this race, it wasn't physical corrals. It was just groupings of people. Okay. And so there were like, volunteers who would sort of separate the groups. And so what they don't want happening is the elites and the people who are actually trying to qualify for Boston or um, for, you know, marathon trials and and that sort of thing, or uh, Olympic trials. They don't want the slowpokes getting in their way. And so they'll let them go in the first corral. And then after a minute or two, they let, I was in the second corral. So they let the next corral go. Uh And I wasn't, in the next crowd because I'm anything special, but just the time that I had thought I would run it in when I signed up way back in the day, that's oh. how they estimate where you're going to be. Okay. I was just going to ask. So how do they determine your corral? Yeah. And placement? I had set, I had set my um, expected time at three minutes, three hours and 45 minutes, because for whatever reason, I just thought that's what I could do it. And I had no idea. Yeah. Um, I ended up finishing in four hours and 10 minutes, but there's no, you know, uh, marathon police were going to come and say, Hey, you picked the wrong corral. So right, right. it was just kind of a general guideline. So mm. anyways, I got my bib and, and in the race packet, sometimes I'll have like a t-shirt, um, just different little bits didn't of they, swag. Didn't they have like an aquaphor sampling too? And yeah, that kind of some stuff. Other, yeah. Yeah. Little things that you, you've got to think there's a lot of people traveling from out of town. Yeah. And so they try to put things in there from what I understand that might be helpful to people who are coming from out of town. For example, they had like, yeah, this really intense, almost like a petroleum jelly, but it was even more specifically for chafing. We use that for <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, we used to, but yeah. So I was surprised, but chafing is a 
It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Thank so you. thank you, Body Glide, <laughs> as we touched on in episode three, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you got your race packet, you were corralled, and then Well, I wasn't corralled. Well, the bib tells you what corral you're in, but the corralling doesn't actually happen until race day. No, that oh yeah. I, I meant like you they assigned you yeah. your corral. So that was the night before. And then there's a health expo, which is pretty cool because you can go to all the different booths and you can look Ooh. at, and there's a lot of swag, a lot of rock and roll marathon swag. So when we go in San Diego, we got to budget cool. some money to go get like different things, but oh, yeah. we got t-shirts and hats. I wish I would have bought a hat. I'll touch on this in a little bit because that was a complete nightmare. Um, but yeah. one thing that I bought from the health expo was my flip belt. Yes. This is something we've talked about on this podcast. Yes. I had been training with this kind of clunky. I mean, I love it because it was, it was great for the first stages of my marathon training. It was like this Velcro one that had these holsters that you put water bottles in, but at the end of the day, it was kind of uncomfortable mm-hmm. and kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. And so the flip belt, we've talked about this, but I bought it at that health expo because I'd been hearing all about it and I really wanted one. Yeah. I remember he came home and he was really excited. He's like, look at this. And I was like, wow, that's pretty snazzy. And I, I bought the special water bottle that fits in there. It's mm-hmm. like curved and it kind of slips in the back. You can hardly notice it. And it was funny because that night I was running around your mom's house yeah. practicing <laughs> how I was going to pull out the water bottle. I know. It's so funny. So, um, so then, okay. So talk to us like the night before, what were you feeling? So the night before night? I, you know, it's my first marathon, so I don't know what I'm supposed to eat. I don't know. Like, you know, you hear about carbo loading. You don't want to pull a Michael, Michael Scott. Scott. And so I just figured, you know what, a, a simple serving of spaghetti and meatballs from uh, Olive Garden because you that's can right. take those that's meals what, to go. That's what I, yeah, okay. I was like, that should be enough because I had read somewhere and I'd heard people talk about don't overdo your carbo loading. Mm-hmm. Don't, just don't overdo it. Well, come to find out, which I'll also talk about here in a little bit, I don't think I ate enough. Oh, yeah, no. And it came back to bite me. But mm-hmm. hey, that's why we're talking about this today because I want you all to hear about the things I did right and the things mm-hmm. I did wrong mm-hmm. um, in my overall experience. Mm-hmm. So that was the night before. I was super nervous. Yeah. I, I was probably 50-50 nervous and excited. Yeah. But but super nervous because I wanted to finish. Like, yeah, I had a goal of finishing in under four hours, but at the end of the day, I just wanted to be able to say that I'm a marathoner and ultimately do it for my mom. You know, it was something that I had built up and that I had trained for, for like five or six months. And I just really wanted to be able to prove to the world and prove to her that this is something I could do. And I think, and tell me if I'm wrong, honey, but I think your marathon training really aided you in, you know, your grieving Absolutely. process. I, I couldn't agree more. It, something about running, I've talked about this on the podcast, helps me feel connected to her, but also helps me clear my mind. Yeah. And there have been times I literally have just thought about her, like kind of pushing me when I'm tired, you know? And so, um, super nervous the next day, I think the race started somewhere around seven 30 in the morning mm-hmm. and knowing anyone who knows me knows that I'm like, I'm not going to show up late because no. I get, it stresses me out way too much. Which is funny. Cause I, I've always been late. <laughs> I know. So in San Diego, we're going to have to, Oh goodness. we yes. have to follow Harrison's timeline. Oh yeah. But I wanted to be there by like six or six 30 in the morning. And he, I mean, we, I was potentially going to drop him off so he didn't have to, you know, drive after, but he was insistent. No, I will drive. <laughs> because I didn't want Mo last minute being like, Oh wait, 
I need a little longer. I got to get the kids in the car, you know? So I just wanted to get in my car and go and just get there. Yeah. So how were you feeling like on the drive and then getting there? Felt great the morning of, um, I parked and I was also worried about parking because I don't, I, I've never been to this place, downtown Phoenix. Like, I've been to downtown Phoenix, but not this particular location. Right. And I didn't want to get there and not know where to park. And then it'd be this huge fiasco. So, um, that was, that was the kind of the main reason I wanted to get there early. <clears throat> so I parked somewhere around six o'clock and just kind of hung out in my car. It was cold that morning. It was probably in the 40, like low forties. Um, and the night before I had gone out to, uh, Walmart to buy a throwaway zip up hoodie because, Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. It was like 10 bucks, but I knew I was going to need it kind of just waiting around and kind of at the starting line, but I wouldn't need it running. Mm -hmm. So what I did was I, I took that with me. I just had my shorts. I only run in shorts. I don't wear like pants or anything like that. Um, and then right, like literally right before they had us go, I unzipped it and threw it off to the side. So, um, but I parked and I, there was this girl that was walking towards the starting line as well, or like to go find it. Cause mm -hmm. we parked kind of a couple blocks away. And I said to her, Hey, do you know where we're going? And we kind of had this, we started this little conversation. She was like, probably, I don't know, early twenties. And she's like, I've never run a marathon. I was like, Hey, me too. And so we kind of bonded a little bit right there. And I said, what's the longest run you've done? And she said, 15 miles. And I said, Thank goodness I'm not the only one who's coming into this unprepared. Yeah. The most I had run was 21 miles, but that right there gave me this little boost of confidence. Like, okay, if this you girl can come it. to a full marathon, having only done 15 miles, right? I think, I think I can do this. Like yeah. that gave me a little boost of confidence. So I walked over to the starting line and found the four hour pace group, which is what my goal was. And just started making small talk with a few of the guys there. We really clicked and, and got along. I said, great, I'm going to run right by these guys. Um, we lined up and just that excitement and adrenaline right before the race starts. I can't even describe it. Yeah. It's just insane. And so what was really cool is they let the, um, the handicapped, uh, wheelchair. Oh, that's marathoners awesome. Go I didn't know that. Very, very first. That's awesome. Yeah. I can't remember if it was them first or the elites. I think it was them first and then the elites. And then, um, oh, they did the national anthem, which I thought was really cool. Oh, that's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. They had this, this girl singing. She was really good. Awesome. And then boom, it was time to go. So we took off and you can't everyone for everyone listening. When you have your bib, the bib has a little tracker on the back of it. So like a little microchip and do not cross the thing on the ground. I don't know what they call it. Like, it's like a strip, like a plastic strip and underneath it probably has, what reads the chip. Mm. And so do not cross it because the second you cross it, the, the, the clock starts ticking. Oh, wow. So I was lined up right against it and boom, I went off. Now I was supposed to stay with the four hour pace group, but I was just way too ambitious, way too excited. There's no chance I was going to stay back there. So <laughs> I took off a lot faster. So just so everyone knows, I'm sure you've already calculated it out, but if you're heading for a sub four hour marathon, you need to finish with an average time of about nine minutes and nine seconds per mile. And so I started off the race probably at like an eight and a half to eight forty five pace. Mm -hmm. So I was quite a bit ahead of them. And first few miles, I felt great. My legs were feeling good. Mentally, I was feeling good. And then right around mile five, the panic started setting in panic what do you mean panic I don't it was weird we took this turn and I just remember feeling just overwhelmed with anxiety and I'm not the type of person who gets mm -mm. 
uh, anxiety attacks, depression, none of that. Um, but and this happened during my half marathon, right around mile like 10 or 11. I just, yeah. same type of thing. It was the same type of feeling. My head kind of got tingly, um, short of breath and just it, weird. It was weird. And the only thing I can think of is one of two things. One, it could have been that I wasn't breathing properly. Like we've talked about, uh, last week, or it was just, Oh man, I'm only five miles in 20 more, 21 more miles to go. Right. It just the mental part of it. But silver lining there is right around that time. One of the guys that I had been talking to before the race, um, caught up to me. Mm-hmm. So he was in the four mile, but he was feeling ambitious too. And so he yeah. caught up to me and I was like, Hey, great to see you. And you know, we're talking and we're, we're running at kind of a, a pace where we're both pushing ourselves, but not yeah. crazy. Cause it's a marathon. You want to pace yourself. And so we're just talking for about, we probably ran together for five or six miles. Oh, wow. This I didn't random, know it was that long. Yeah. Random stranger. And, um, he was from Utah. So we had a lot to talk about cause mm-hmm. I've got a brother who lives there. Shout out to Bruce <laughs> and Marin and the kids. And, the kids. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so we had a ton to talk about and then right around like mile 10 or 11, he went for a water break and I made it a goal to not walk at any of the water stops. I just wanted to keep running through, which made it really tricky to try to get water down. Oh, yeah. Because it would like spill all over my face. And I also think that was detrimental, which I'll mm. get to towards the end of this. Um, so that was like probably mile 10 or 11 that I left him. But it was perfect because that anxiety that I was feeling by talking to him just completely got my mind off of it. Mm-hmm. And then by mile 11, 12, 13... I was halfway through and I'm like, okay, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling really good at the halfway mark. I felt, okay, I just did a half marathon, one more to go. <laughs> and um, it's almost cruel because the way the track was designed is it kind of split right around 13 miles to where you you go off on this road and it's what they call an out and back. So you go off on the road a few miles and then you come back that same road a oh. few miles. So as I was hitting like mile 13, the f- super fast runners were coming back around mile 19. Oh, so you get to see them because you, you see it across the street. You see the 19 mile marker. Wow. And you're I like, that. gee, but in my head, I also said, well, if I can just get to that point, then I'll only be like seven miles away. Mm-hmm. So we kind of had it working in both directions. And there was this guy, he was in a full on banana suit uh, and he probably finished sub three hours. I mean, he was whoa. wicked fast in a banana suit. It must have been so hot. Yeah, and I li- I later read about him. He was in like a news article. Oh wow! Um, but it was why, funny because I got to see him. Oh, he does it every year in a banana suit for some reason. Oh, hmm. <laughs> so cool. um, that was crazy to see the the super fast runners. I mean, you just look at them and you're like, I'm not worthy. <laughs> oh, I'm not worthy. <laughs> Michael Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was about mile thirteen. So I I, I did the the track, like I said, the out and back, and I started making my way back. And right around mile 18, I started feeling really, really, really tired. And I noticed that my pace started slowing down. Mm -hmm. And I I even posted on Instagram, my splits. What I mean by that is each, it looks like about each 10 K they took, um, they took measurements of, of times. And so my first six miles, I finished at an eight, minute 53 second or eight yeah eight minute 53 second average so that was the first 10k so six miles my next six miles which are six and a half or so which brought me up to my half uh halfway point was eight minutes and 48 seconds so you can see that i was actually getting faster all the way up until the half marathon point and then from there it started to really slow down you can see from mile 13 to mile 20 it went down to nine minutes and 39 seconds oh wow 
And so um, about mile 18, I just, my legs really started feeling it. My hamstrings, my glutes, my quads. And at that point, my mind just kind of um, realized that I was not, I didn't have the strength sufficient to properly finish a marathon. So you don't think you cross-trained enough? I don't think I cross-trained enough. I don't think I ran enough in general. Mm-hmm. I was following a different training plan. And I, it's a really good plan to just get you to finish a marathon. But to actually finish with a time goal, it, I don't think it was sufficient. Yeah. And I've talked about it on past episodes, but it was the Hal Higdon plan for beginners. I think it was like the second easiest one. But anyways, mile 18, that's about what happened. So uh, my pace started slowing down, but it wasn't the end of the world. And when I hit about mile 20 or 21, the four-hour pace group caught up to me. And I had no idea because my watch was dying. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only that, so I wasn't really looking at my watch, but I was really frustrated because I had Strava open the whole time. On my, I was you know, running it throughout the whole race, and it was like a tenth of a mile off. So it would say on my watch that I hit a mile, but then the mile marker was like a tenth of a mile away. Oh, man. So, um, glitching. it was glitching I, it, for some reason it was a little bit off. So I was kind of getting discouraged, but anyways, the four hour pace group caught up to me. So I started running with them for about a half mile and I was dying at this point. And I remember saying to them, Oh, are you guys going to walk anytime soon? Like I it just, the pace felt so fast. And what mile was this? It's like 21. 21. Okay. Yeah. So, so close. I was so close. Well, yeah. When you think about it in retrospect, it was like only five miles ago. Like, come on, just kick it into gear. But I had never experienced that. And they call it the wall. You like hit this wall and you just, it just does something to you. You just don't think you're going to finish. So um, that happened around mile 21. And then I really started slowing down. And once they passed me, I just mentally, I don't want to say like I broke down, but I started walking Mm -hmm. and I hadn't walked the entire marathon until probably mile 22. So I started walking and I did run walk intervals where I would walk a little bit and then I'd start running. Mm-hmm. But at that point, the sun was out in full force. It was probably because it was close to noon. It was probably 11 something. Mm-hmm. And so um, it was probably 70 something degrees. Wow. And sun was shining on me. There was no shade anywhere in sight. And I completely felt dehydrated. I had run out of water in my water bottle. And the stations were now, you know, I think only like a mile apart. And so I was completely, my mouth was dry. So would you stop at those stations? Yeah. I would would just kind of walk and take a drink of the water, grab one of the oranges or whatever they had, an orange slice. Yeah. And um, there was a point like probably around mile 23 or 22. I was just like, I don't think I'm going to finish. Like literally that crossed my mind. I was, cause I felt like I was going to pass out. Like I was like, I need to get to an aid station where I can just get under some shade. Yeah. I wasn't wearing a hat, yeah. which was a terrible mistake. I had no idea that it was going to be, it was going to be like that. And, and like that sunny and that hot, I mean, it's in the middle of January, you know, yeah. we had come from living in Boston and it was like, there was just, it didn't even cross my mind that it would be that warm. And, um, well, didn't you, don't you told me though, that when you're running, your body like heats up like 20 degrees, right? Yeah. So if it was 70 degrees, it was probably like internally, I was probably like 90 something degrees. Yeah. And so fortunately I had, I had finally hit a aid station that had half bananas and water and I downed two cups of water and two half bananas. So I literally had a whole banana and got this Boost boost of energy and then so that was about mile 23 and then mile 24, 
I heard this voice shouting at me saying, go Roxy, go Harrison. And I'm like, what? Aww. I'm like, that must be someone I know. And I looked over and it was my cousin, McKaylee. Shout out to McKaylee. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. Her and her husband, John, have been, which we need to have on the podcast, by the way. Yeah, they're both beasts. They're like, both so insane. fit. Insane. Amazing. But Jonathan is a, a He's a legit runner. Collegiate runner, right? Yeah, he ran for BYU. Um, and I can't remember. I think he did the mile. I think he was a mile runner. He can do like a four-minute mile. He's insane. Yeah. Anyways, um, I hear her voice and she, and I'm like, oh. Thank goodness. This is mile 24. And so she comes on the track. I don't think you're really supposed to do that. And starts running with me. And I absolutely 100% needed it at that point in time. And so we're running together and I'm like, thank you so much. I don't know if I would have been able to do this without you. You know, because all you really need, that's when your mind is telling you to quit, you just need something to take your mind off of it. Yeah. You need some inspiration, some motivation. And that's what I needed at that moment. I was like, I'm so close. And She's running it with me. So she ran probably uh, three, three quarters of a mile to a mile with me. And then by that point I was at, I hit the, I hit the 25 mile marker. And then she's like, look, there's one more uphill. She's like, but I promise you it's downhill for the rest of the way. And so I'm like, all right. So I'm like, let's do this. So she, she broke off and she's like, I can't run with you to the finish line. Like I'm not allowed. So, cause at this point there's no one monitoring it or anything. You're kind yeah. of in the middle of nowhere. And um, by the way, no shade whatsoever these last like five or six miles like no buildings you're like in the middle of the highway and um so i just started running super slow pace but i was like i'm gonna run to the very end and um just that final stretch i hit and i could see my beautiful wife i could see my beautiful children um my best friend tanner was there my brother was there um his wife michael and uh, just one of the most amazing feelings of my life. And I just sprinted all out. And it's funny because if you watch, there's a video, I think I put it on Instagram. Uh, but right at that last sprint, my my glutes or my hamstrings, I don't know like which area, just like locked up. And you can see me like grabbing my legs like, oh, but I just pushed anyways. And I, and I ran to the very end. Um, finished with a final time exactly of four hours, 10 minutes and 31 seconds, which was a nine minute. 34 minute um, per mile average Your first marathon average. well it, i can't tell you the amazing just overwhelming feeling of accomplishment at the end of that i broke down in tears and um just uh, i it was just the most amazing one of the most amazing things next to our children being born and <laughs> our wedding day and all that but um just to know that you put so much work into something and you made it happen that very few people will ever do, mm-hmm. um, or very people believe very few people believed you could do. Mm-hmm. And I know it's to some people it sounds so silly. You just ran twenty six miles. What's the big deal? Um, but to those same people, I challenge you to try, you, you know, running twenty six miles and 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 do it for the sake of proving yourself that you can do it. Mm-hmm. And I promise you'll feel that same level of just accomplishment. And so. That was my first uh, first marathon. My uh, the first thing I asked for was I need something to get in my body. I need something to drink, and they handed me a a, a big Gatorade and a chocolate milk, and I downed those in just like a matter of felt like seconds. But um, and then there were at the very end there were uh, massage tables. Oh, that's why I'm running a marathon. <laughs> 
Well, I wanted to go do that, but I was in so much pain. Yeah, he was. And there was a line. I'm like, I'm sorry. As much pain as I'm in, and I know the massage is going to help, I cannot stand in a line for any amount of time. All right. So we um, went went to the car and then I... And then I had to drive him to get his car. He like would, he refused to let me, like he refused to let anyone else drive him to go get the car or, you know, go pick up the car for him. Yeah, no, I just, I wanted to just kind of have that me time to just kind of reflect. And so you dropped me off back at the parking lot where I parked. And then I had about a 30, 45 minute drive home. And um, that was, uh, that was the end of it. Yeah. I'm just so incredibly proud of you. It was an absolute honor and privilege to see you finish that marathon and, you know, do it for not only yourself, but in honor of your mom. And I don't know, I got really teary eyed when you were talking about that last, I don't know, five, six miles. And I, I don't know, we, we should ask her, but I don't know if she felt inspired to or not, McKaylee, but I remember when, when we got there initially I was asking, you know, where they were and her and Jonathan, I think, I don't remember, but I think they were, they were at a certain point and she said, you know, don't come over because it's, there's too many people and it's just with the kids or something like that. But then she called me and she says, we're actually going to go back a little further. Um, And I was just wondering like, oh, like, I wonder why. And I don't know if she felt, you know, prompted to do that or if she just, yeah, almost as if she knew I was struggling, like right. I was going to need that little boost of energy. I I just, I know that, I know that when your mom was alive, she always believed in you and gave you the ability to do things, you know, for yourself and learn through your experiences. But she, she also knew when to, you know, provide help and advice to you. Yeah. And I feel like in her own way, she guided Michaela to you at that point, you know? Yeah. And I, I think you're right. Yeah. That's really, it's really touching. And, and, um, I, what's cool about the rock and roll marathon, and I don't know how, how many other marathons do this, but you can actually track people that are running. You just put in their name and then it'll tell you the different, oh, yeah. the different splits and where they're at. And I think you guys started to get worried about me because yes, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Because the, the last time it had measured me, I think was at 20 miles. Yeah. And McKaylee was saying, cause we were like, he should be done by now. Yeah. Well, Bryce, Michael, Tanner, and I were like, oh, he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Cause like it said that you were literally crossing the finish line. Yeah. And I remember McKaylee being like, I, I think something's up with it because he's behind. Yeah. Like I'm pretty positive he's behind. So maybe that's, I don't know, but it was just, you know, right place at the right time. And I definitely think for the right reason. Yeah. Yeah. Because my pace had slowed so much by the end that it would tell a predicted time that I would finish. And I should have finished under four hours if I kept up the original pace. Um, in fact, if I could have kept up the, like the eight hour and 45 second or eight minute, 40, 45 second pace, I would have finished in like three hours and 50 minutes. Wow. And so that's more of my goal for my next marathon. Cause I, now I know what to do. And yeah. so I want to just, I just want to talk about a few things that went right and a few things that went wrong. And so as far as what went right, number one, I finished the marathon. Yes, you did. You can't beat that. Nope. The second one is I didn't get injured. Oh, yeah. Also important. Mm -hmm. And the third was that I finished knowing what to do better next time and wanting 
there to be a next time. Mm-hmm. Because for some people that first marathon is so miserable. They're like, this is it. I'm done. Never doing another one. Yeah. You could definitely tell in your eyes, you were just, this wasn't the end. This wasn't it. You know, I had this feeling of like, I'm going to make the marathon my your thing thing. Like (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to beat it. You know, like it had beat me. I'm going to beat it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, what I did, what went wrong First thing is I didn't train in the sunlight. And I think that was that was the, the my biggest downfall. Because I think at the end of this whole thing, the reason why I hit the wall so hard and I couldn't keep running at, at the pace and I had to literally walk and I had these terrible moments towards the end of my marathon is because I was completely dehydrated. Mm. When I say completely dehydrated, that might be an exaggeration. Oh, but I think... I was pretty loopy towards the end of that. And I think it's because I wasn't drinking enough water Mm -hmm. at these water stations. I would, like I was saying earlier, I would run right past them and just like throw as much as I could in my mouth. But I think you're better off to just take a few steps and slow it down, get really get the water in your system and then keep going. Mm -hmm. I had taken my gels. I took probably five or six honey stinger gels, which I want to talk about fueling and gels on the next episode or or in a few episodes so that, because we really need to take a lot of time talking about that. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, I had taken enough fuel, or so I thought. I must not have. Um, I had taken enough water, or so I thought. I must not have. And so what I'm going to do next time is I'm going to just make sure that I'm drinking enough water at each station um, to the point where I feel like, okay, I've I've got enough water in my system. Um, The other thing that I did is I wore a heat shirt. So it's like an Under Armour it's designed to keep the heat in. It's really designed for the winter time, mm-hmm. which would have been fine if it was still cold by the end of the race, but it went from like 40 to 70. And so I think that was keeping in a lot of heat and trapping it in and just really making my, my core feel just overheated. Um, I forgot a hat, which I talked about. So mm-hmm. next time I'm absolutely wearing a hat and last but not least, my watch died and I was really frustrated because you know, I couldn't listen to music towards the end and I had no idea what my pace was. And so, you know, if I had my watch there telling me, okay, you're doing like an 11 minute per mile pace, you really need to step it up. You know, I would have probably had the ability to do that. So yeah, come on Apple. I know. I can't believe the Apple watch and it was fully charged. I can't believe it only lasts less than four hours. But anyways, that was my race recap. Hope you all enjoyed it and hope you were able to learn something from it. It's amazing. We're proud of you, crummy marathoner. I'm a pretty crummy marathoner, I must say, but working on it. No, you're not crummy. You're a marathoner who happens to be a crumb. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Follow us on Instagram at crummy marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this friendly journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify. Search his name under B-R-E-K-K.